Welcome to Gamers Down Under Podcast. This is episode 37. I'm Laman. And I'm Steve. Well, where have we been, mate? What's been going on? Sippy time. <laughs> so, so we delay an episode and then sippy time. I like it. I didn't have enough time. <laughs> yeah. Oh. No. Either did I. I was actually truthfully quite busy. I had a lot of personal stuff come up. Um, sorry for being late, but no. we'll make sure we smash out a couple of extra ones just to make everybody happy. One thing that we have to... Look, I actually wanted to apologise to our listeners, but then at the same time, it's like... Well, and I don't mean this harshly, but it's like, you don't want to say sorry. Like, we all have personal lives. Like, we do this podcast purely out of fun and for the listeners and we understand that but we understand that people have lives people like i've been talking to other gaming companies and they've got games they're actually developing and then boom put it on hold because they've got family affairs happening it happens so while i'm not going to apologize for what is happening i will say sorry that we haven't got enough out there at the moment hopefully um you can bear with us my family situation definitely hasn't stopped yet so could be ongoing for a couple of weeks so yeah just bear with us and uh, we'll get there so if we are feeling um, a little down or sounding a little down yeah just know we've got a fair bit on um and the last negative note i guess you could say is make sure you tell your loved ones that you do love them family and friends don't um ignore people or not ignore like fall for the trap that you're too busy um, because you don't know when will be your last day so yeah that's a, as much negative as i'm going to go into today so what are we talking about today steve well, since i do the show notes i send them through to you and you go oh actually i'll do this instead so i'm going to hand the reins over to you you're going to tell us what we're talking about and okay i'll well, tell you xbox is better <laughs> How about I? I'll open your show notes just so I know exactly what to ignore. <laughs> now, I what do you want to do? You want to kick off with some news? We done a quick podcast last time about gaming of the week, so we want to kick off with uh, news of the week. Yeah, yeah, no, that sounds good. We can we can go back to the uh, original plan of my news of the week. That's really good. <laughs> I just have. Copied it across or moved it away. That's why, fine. Why don't we talk about oh, Platinum Games partners with Tencent? That's your, <laughs> that's your first note on your show notes. <laughs> um, I crack myself up. You know what it is? It, it, you got to do reverse psychology. If you want to do something, pretend you don't want to do it. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't, I don't want to do it. <laughs> I've got my coffee and I'm fine. But uh, let's not worry about it. We'll talk about something else then. Oh, I just opened it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, we're now talking about it. I remember quickly reading about it. I'm a bit of a oh, I don't know what word you'd actually say towards ten cent. They from all if you if you believe all the media and well as much media as you actually get out of China on them. They heavily, heavily are ruining the gaming industry. Like, they're very renowned for uh, having a finger in all the pies, blah, blah, blah. So, uh, if you want to read the dark web and believe it, then Tencent probably isn't one of the best companies out there. So, to be partnering up with Platinum Games, yeah, I don't know. I'll wait and see. 
you've really got to come to this understanding that Tencent basically owned China because you said to me the other week, and I've been doing a little bit of research, the government does own a part of um, Tencent. Yes. So to, for gaming companies to get into China, they have to really partner with them. Otherwise, yeah. China just goes, nah. And you know what? Personally, for me, just to be on the opposite side of the fence as usual, Keeping it in the country, that's fine. So, was, and that's and that's not political. That's just no. purely for gaming. The, the even, gamers even, in China will benefit. It was even um, releasing the Switch in mm. in China. And yeah, Nint- that was a couple Nintendo, of weeks. Nintendo Nintendo had to partner up with Tencent to do it. Yeah, yeah. So that's and I reckon the Chinese government hides behind Tencent as a name. They say, "Oh, Switch, you have to join in with Tencent to release in our country." Because yeah. imagine international media saying, oh, Nintendo Switch can only release in China if it sides with the Chinese government. Like yeah. That's starting to get far too political, far too much of a regime. But when they turn around and say, oh, but here's a company, a gaming company uh, yeah. you have to abide by with, that's a whole different kettle of fish. Yeah. yeah. So, I, yeah, I don't, it's a hard one. I know it's very easy for us in the West to sit here and judge people, judge other countries, judge their economy, their provisions, what they have to do for work. Like we have a lot of whatever you want to say, like we have a lot of foreign labor come to Australia to do work. So bet my business partner was Chinese. And it's like, well, if that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. It's, a day. <laughs> if your your business partner, <laughs> hang on, I'll say that again. So if your business partner wants to be Chinese, that's what he wants to do. <laughs> so, mate, you can't be Chinese by I want to be it. <laughs> you bought it. That's it. Like <laughs> we we judge them for coming. Like and I heavily air quote judge for taking the quality of work down but it's like well when you look at conditions especially in china the populace over there like people are like oh that company owns a sweatshop with underage workers it's like okay so does the rest of the country so if they didn't do it then they would go bankrupt no matter no ifs buts or maybes they would go bankrupt they physically wouldn't be able to compete and it's very easy for us to get on our high horse and say, oh, they shouldn't do it. Of course they shouldn't. I guarantee you they shouldn't. The EU and all that probably has sanctions in saying that you shouldn't do it. But that's their whole lifestyle. That's their whole national whatever you want to say. Like if they, if Tencent tried opening a factory here in Australia with underage workers, done. Let's go picket fence them. I've been on a couple of picket lines in my union career. I would he- heavily encourage to go and block that fact. But yeah, sometimes I feel like we can try to question other countries' morals and ethics when you don't actually live there. You don't have control of that life. And also, I guarantee the shirt you're wearing is made in China. <laughs> and that coffee mug. <laughs> so, like, we're taking a lot and then we're trying to impose our values. It's not worth it. We're a gaming page. We're moving on. Welcome, Tencent. EA, get in the game! Is that it? Come on, please tell me that's it. No. Uh, Alright, what about Pokemon Mystery Dungeon then? Rescue Team DX. I'm done with Pokemon. What? 25 that... years later, I'm hanging up my Pokemon hat. Oh, 
I'm done. I, until Pokemon evolve, I, I'm done with it. I cannot endorse it. I can't back it. I just can't play it anymore. I just, I'm playing this, uh, the game that Weiss ate Lacrimosa Adana. If you made Pokemon anywhere near that game, oh, it would be, like, Pokemon has the lore. It's got 25 years worth of lore behind it. It's got the, what, oh, I just get upset when I think about how much potential. Look, look at even all the Final Fantasy games, how they have tried doing different things. They got absolutely slammed for Final Fantasy 12 back when they tried it, and then Final Fantasy 10 was too linear, and Final Fantasy 13 was too action. Final Fantasy 15 was completely and utterly action. But then as you, it's because as gamers, we don't want to accept change and we know we're like, oh, this is what we want. This is, but we don't actually know that. A lot of people don't know that. Um, and then it's like, well, they are trying to evolve. They're trying to stay in front of the 10 cent coin because eventually when it stops spinning and you got to pick heads or tails, if you're not on the right side, you can go belly up. And yeah. And truthfully, for me, I like I've got oh, 30 hours worth of Final Fantasy tattoos on my body. I am a crazy, crazy Final Fantasy fan, and I love every single one of them. I hated, hated Final Fantasy 13 when it first came out. I disliked Final Fantasy 10 when it first came out. Now, if you ask me my all-time favorite games. Final Fantasy X is actually in my top five because now that I've gotten older, I actually enjoy the linear style, the linear gameplay style. And it's most of their games a couple of years later are greatly accepted by the... Um, the aging populace. Yeah, yeah, the aging populace, the gaming industry. So I feel like they are trying to evolve with their fans. Pokemon, on the other hand, or Game Freak, No. I just get upset every single time I think about them. Uh, there's so much we could do. Like, imagine an MMO RPG of Pokemon, or yeah. even an even an action RPG where you are the poke. Sort of like, literally, Pokemon Mystery Dungeon, but put it in Unity 3D or Crystal Dynamics or something, and make it this. It doesn't even have to be a beautiful game, just a bit more, you know what I mean? Like, Pokemon Mystery Dungeon is probably too basic for me to get into. And I struggled with the um, mechanics, actually. I struggled with just, like, learning the attack moves and everything. It was a demo, so I'm not going to give negative feedback towards it because it was a demo. Um, But as the demo stands... Yeah, just not a hundred percent sold on it. I'm just I feel like now that we've got the Switch, Pokemon should actually create a proper game. Like I understand why they always limited it because of handheld capabilities in the Game Boy and the DS and the 3DS, 2DS, 3DS Extra Large, all them. But now we've got the Switch. There's proper games on the Switch. This RPG, I've done 60 hours into it. It is a very, very big game. So you can't tell me that the Switch doesn't have the capabilities. 
No, it's not the capabilities. I, I reckon... But you know what? With these, these are remakes. So this is just like Link's Awakenings. And that was a fantastic game. Even though it had issues, and I told everybody about those issues, it was still a fantastic game to play. If you're into Mystery Dungeon when it first came out, you're going to love these games because it's a revamped version of them. Me and you both didn't actually play the game very much when it first came out. We played the original ones. I'm really stoked about the original one too. Going to have two DLCs coming out as well, which is the next topic, but we can come to that in a second. But I don't... Like, I like everything re-imaged. When they did DuckTales re-imaged, I loved it. It gives a little bit more depth on what what you had as a kid. And it is prettier than what it was originally. So I'm happy for it. And I will be actually getting it once it comes out. I played the demo. I wasn't that good at it, but I still enjoyed it. So with the two DLCs coming to Pokemon, so there's Isle of Armor, Amor, and also the Crown Tundra. This, I feel, is a little bit of a cash grab. You release the game, then you got to pay an extra bit for another level and another one for another level. I feel like, unless my memory is failing me, I thought they said right at the start they were going to bring out uh, DLCs, but they were going to be free. Now we have to pay for them. I don't remember them coming out for free, but yeah. Was that they announced, because of the mass... Uh, 600 or 700 Pokemon not coming and blah, blah, blah. They were like, oh, no, no, we're, it's too expensive or we don't have enough people. Blah, blah. Oh, we're going to patch it in the future and DLCs will be for free. This is a learning curve on the Switch and all that. Uh, yeah, just from memory, I reckon there, there was something. They did say that DLCs were going to be free and now they're we're paying for them and I'm like, oh, that's a bit disappointing. And the $45 Australian each. Okay. Like, <laughs> you pay an extra 30 you get the whole game again. Yep. So, I don't know. I, I just reckon it's a bit of a cash grab. You don't get a cartridge for that. That's only a digital download as well. So it's not actually like you're paying for the box and the, the cartridge that goes in it. It's literally a digital download. So. Oh, really? So it's not yeah. even... That's pure digital. Mm-hmm. So it's just a big. I, I, that's how I feel. It's a bit bigger, uh, a bit of a cash grab. So. Mm. All right. I could, what, yeah, let's let's move on. I could carry on about Pokemon for a long time. <laughs> All right, you go for the next one. Oh, we did have Mark down to discuss the EB Games stores closing. Yep, I think they're actually closing in a couple of days now. So. Yeah, I think some are even actually completely closed. Yeah. Uh, I. I've got a, it's a double-sided, uh, double-edged sword, sorry. Some people are giving feedback online saying, like, they're reading certain parts of the article and saying, oh, EB Games are perfect. Or they're only shutting them down to build these mega stores. While that's a, to a certain degree right, I talked to one of the managers at the Anala store. I went to three different stores in one day. I was a day late, so they'd already sold everything. All the good sales were gone. Um, And I talked to him, and from his feedback that he could actually give me, which was limited, all staff were offered jobs. All staff were offered jobs at other stores. Whether you accepted it because you had to travel and whatnot, they were all offered jobs. Uh, But every, I think there was 19 stores all up. Yes. Everyone had been in the red 
for a couple of years. There might have been a, a, a year or a couple of months and stuff like that here and there where it went back up into the green, but financially it was in the red for a couple of years. EB Games had tried everything. They tried moving store managers. They tried bringing in people to fix up the front of the store. They tried... And where this one was, they had a lot of stolen merchandise from there. It does come with the area, being in an yeah. yeah. But that was one of their biggest problems. Yeah. Well, that would actually make sense as well, because even the um, Dandenong store down in Melbourne here, that was one that was closing down. That's quite a rough area as well, so that possibly could be the reason why they have closed some of the stores. But, mm. Yeah, so when I talked to them, they just said, when reading EB Games' proper announcement, they said that they're re-looking at their business model. A, where their areas were they weren't selling, B, there are a couple of stores that are close by to each other, so they're looking at trying to limit them. And C, re-rolling their stores back in with Zinc. So, in, like, the shopping centre near me, you think about, like, the rent that they'd be paying there would probably be twenty to $25,000 rent a month. They'd be four to $5,000 a week they would be paying in rent. Like, there's ones I heard down in Victoria that are nearly $50,000 a month they're getting from the Westfields. They have to pay. And the shopping centres are just absolute nut bombs. Like, the game near us, I was very good friends with the fella there. He bought into it with his retirement fund. Uh, he had the store open for seven years or 11 years. By the time he sold it, he physically had exactly the same amount of money as he did when he bought into it. That's wow. after that's after a decade. And it was because shopping center management bumped up rent price 12% or six. No, no, it wasn't. Sorry. It was a five year lease and it went up 5% every year. But that was 5% of the prior year, not the first one. And that yeah. was what he, that's what he missed. So say it was 100,000, then it was 5% of 100,000. Then the next year is 5% of what that was and then it's five percent of what that so after five years it's 25 percent of equipotential growth not yep. just 25 percent on a hundred thousand because that's what he worked out he's like oh 125,000 in five years that's fine but yep. it's not it actually ends up being close to 175,000 and that's a big amount of rent to be paying yep. in a shopping center you also have to um, let them know how much you're earning at the shopping centre as well. So if you can't, if you've got like Laman's Fish and Chips, they want to know how much Laman's making. Mm. Every month you have to send them a notification and let them know what you're making. So then they go, oh, mate, Laman's killing it. Yep. We're bumping it up. And that's why, like I was having a debate with someone on our page the other day because he was really, really bad-mouthing EB Games. And I was like, well, why? What's what's wrong? Because uh, like, uh, I'm always interested in other people's opinions. And he's like, well, they should have fixed their business model. They're charging too much, blah, blah, blah. I can just go to JB Hi-Fi and it's cheaper. And I'm like, okay. So JB Hi-Fi is undercutting the gaming industry by writing their profit off on something else, that's okay. And he's like, well, I don't care as long as I get my game cheaper. But we have to be careful of that attitude. That's why we lost the car industry in Australia. 
That's why we've lost a lot of industries in Australia is because we can get, and I hate even broaching the subject because we don't want to talk politics on, on the page, but we can get undermined by other countries solely due to populace and economy strength, etc., etc. So we have to be careful of backing all these other companies that will undermine ours and will lose what we've got. Like EB Games, yes, it's owned by a game, which is an American company, but it, it's an it's their Australian branch and it, it employs hundreds, if not thousands of Australians Australia-wide. And why would we celebrate that? Like we've talked about it last podcast. I think we talked about the trickle economics every dollar spent actually earns $7 into the economy by having a shop front. If you don't have a shop front, it drastically reduces it. Yeah. It, it brings it down to, I think I read, read somewhere it's $3 or something like that because then all you've got is a warehouse, uh, the overheads for the warehouse, the rent, the workers, the, the, you've still got trucks and certain that but you've lost the other $4, which comes in with the retail side of things. That's why their overheads are low. So it's like to go even deeper. We all wanted to get rid of bank tellers. The bank sold us saying, oh, look at these ATMs. The, they're going to save money. We'll be able to put more money back into your trust funds and hedge funds and supers and all this kind of stuff. Banks made one point, one bank made $1.2 billion profit during the GFC. They didn't put that money back into the Australian economy. Well, that's what I'm afraid of by undermining a lot of our front end stores. Uh, while I make EB Games price match, I have to, to a certain degree for pure economy, because we, like I've got, 22,000 carats on my EB Games card. You get one carat per dollar. That's a fair bit of money we are turning over uh, in, into the stores. Um, and especially because most of it we put back into our actual um, listeners. So if I'm buying for myself and I was only buying a game a month, perfect. I'm happy to buy full price. But if I'm buying one game a week to give away, then I do have to be a bit smart of it. Yeah, I just feel like we need to be careful with trying to undermine hard shops for online by too much because I don't know me. I'm an electrician. So go for it. I've got a trade where I can move. I can do whatever I want. Yeah. Uh, but there is a lot of the, uh, the economy and a lot of the people who aren't in the same sort of situation that I'm in, where they they require shops, they require fronts. Yeah. Mm. Well, just on that, I've only got 18,000 carrots, so I'm letting EB Games down. Don't worry, I'll head there straight away today. Yep. <laughs> Make a donation. That's it, that's it. All I want is those carrots. Do you do the little ref the reference from it where you go, well, would you like to give us feedback just to get 25 carats? I'm like, yeah, sure, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> but no, all right, cool. Um, the other week it was uh, announced in the CES, which was over in Nevada, uh, America, the Alienware, the concept UFO. Yep, yep. It runs Windows 10, but it's, it's going to be, I'm assuming maybe Steam or something. You'd be able to take your games with you. It looks pretty cool. It looks pretty weird, but it looks pretty cool. It looks like a, 
a beefed up, like a, sort of like what a Switch Pro would look like. Yes. Yeah. Mm. But no, I, I like the look of it, and if it if it comes to fruition and they actually release it, that'd be pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, there's no release date or anything. They're just working on it at the moment. So I wonder mm-hmm. what sort of cost they would have to go on. Yeah, well, that's the only thing that I was worried about too with it, because depending on how much power it's got, is how much will it cost, and is it feasible for people in like us to actually afford one of them? So yeah. Mm. Yeah, and no, I'd like to. I I obviously am a big. Uh, uh, talker i guess about a switch pro yeah. so yeah i'm definitely um definitely keen on anything i got a psp i got a ps Vita. like let's face it i'm keen on all of them but yeah, I, um, yeah I just uh, then again i don't know the more i the more i use my switch the i don't think that i would go away from it i think they are handling what they've got very well like i don't like call of duty and stuff like that on the switch i am a heavy rpg player uh, especially jrpg player so i I feel like they're doing turn-based tactical based uh, tile based games all that doing it very well well if the if the rumors are true they've been circulating hopefully this year we'll hear something about a switch pro coming too I would definitely... I'd like a Switch Pro. Mm. I, I would. So we got the big reveal of Sony PlayStation 5. Oh, I never knew what it was going to look like. Yes, I did. I could have picked it weeks ago. You, you were excited about the PlayStation 5 logo? Come on, oh. man, I was. Logo. You didn't yeah. say logo. You said PS5. Ah. Uh, it's like... We haven't seen what the PS5 looks like. It got me all excited then. <laughs> you thought you might have read one of the blogs. No, yes. no. We've seen a couple of dev kits, though. Yes, we have. We've seen mm-hmm. some dev kits, but they always obviously change from dev kits, so we, yeah. we know that's going to happen. But, um, yeah, I was like, oh, geez, what did they release? Because all rumours say we will get to see the PS5 uh, early February. Yep, so not long to go now. But I don't know. I, I like the logo. I like to keep how they're keeping it traditional, how the PS2, 3, 4, all the same. Why yep. not keep it like 5? It's a bit more structured, at least, than Xbox Series X, and that's an Xbox fan saying it. So it's at least it's easier for people to understand what it is. But, yeah. I don't know. They had a big announcement at one of the award shows, and when it came out, I'm just like, "That's it. Yep, cool." Didn't have to be a big announcement. I knew that was going to be the case anyway. <laughs> well, yeah, you just have to expect it, you know. Yeah, I did find it a bit. How you going to be like an announcement for just the logo? Yeah. I wouldn't. Yeah, have I thought worried. you were going to find something else out, but nothing. Yes. Yeah, I wouldn't have worried about the logo itself. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, I just want to see it. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're definitely not going to be seeing Sony at E3 2020. No, no, they've backed out again. Mm-hmm. Yes, I don't know why they're giving E3 a cold shoulder so so much as of late. It probably could be just like the value of it, but how much do they get out of it, or the rent, or yeah, like yeah, I've got no idea. I, I think it's better for Xbox personally because then they get a bigger stage we have talked about it 
before, like the cost and everything like that, and whether yeah. they actually bang for buck get anything anymore. Mm. I don't know, but wait and see. Hopefully they come out um, swinging with their own PS5 announcement. I do. Are we going to talk about that later on at all, or do you want to talk about it now? It just there has been some, like, I've read a couple of people where they're like, oh, Sony needs to announce their PS5 soon, like, show their PS5. They're falling behind with the hype battle over uh, Xbox. See, I reckon they've got more hype by not revealing things because we saw the backlash that Xbox had showing their, I'm going to say, tower. <laughs> yes. So, I don't know. It's good. To, it's, it's keeping the excitement up, definitely, just waiting for it. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it might be quite similar to the tower, then I'll laugh. I don't like too much hype up. Yeah. Like, I, we've talked about it. If you're coming to E3, that means you have to announce that game within that year. If you're talking about that game again at the next E3, I'm going to be upset. Yeah, definitely. And that's and I stand the same with the PlayStation. Like I know it's all psychological and they've got it all tied in. Like oh, you got to start doing this certain amount of hype and blah blah blah. I don't know. I just I don't fall for it too much. No matter what, I think if you have something too hyped up, it can never live to that hype. Yeah, like a lot of like movies these days. You watch nearly the whole entire movie before you've even actually seen it at the cinemas. Because they do. Neither I. I still haven't seen Star Wars, and uh, I really want to watch it, but I'm uh, just like, and you know what? I still haven't seen anything about it. It's fantastic. Is it on? Oh, P- is it on PSN? I don't. Know. I downloaded a movie last night because the local DVD. Have you guys down in Melbourne still got the DVD, uh, like ATMs? down there it's block, well, like a blockbuster yeah. looking atm and you walk up to it and you can hire a dvd they're all over the place up here and but normally they've got one of like heaps of movies in there uh right. and i and i went to it and i i actually said it because miss like oh i feel like watching hustlers or something and i was like oh yay but uh, i'll do it you know happy happy wife happy life kind of thing so i'll, <laughs> I'll get it and I was like, oh, I wonder if it's on PSN. Mm. And she's like, oh, it's only a couple of K, like 2K down the road. Just go and see if they've got it in. Yeah. So I, I drove all the way down there, got there, and it was hired out. And I rung her, show her all the options. Doesn't want anything else. I'm like, oh, that was, that was fun. Yay. So I drive back home. Jump on PSN. Boom. You can rent it off PSN. You can purchase it or rent yeah. it. Rent, yeah. rent, rent for high def was five bucks. Yeah. And it, you don't download it. It actually works like a stream. So you don't have to try to rent, uh, download it, wait three hours. Probably with your internet, you would. About with... four days. No, no, no. Yeah. Actually, about four days. But no, no. With, um, I've done, I've actually rented the, what movie was it? John Wick 3. Hmm. And I streamed that and it streamed fine. And I'm like, Wow. And it looked really good too. It probably wasn't HD, but it was probably SD, but um, it still looked fine enough to watch on the projector. And Yeah. Well, I, I got home, fired it up, five bucks, boom, and we watched it at home. Done. 
I don't have to go and take the DVD back or anything like that. Like the DVD era, while I miss Blockbuster and we talk about it all the time, it is done. It's gone. I, I Obviously, I didn't torrent it. I still paid, so they still make money and everything like that, and it keeps the movie industry flowing. But I understand the easy concept of falling into the, the digital era. The laziness, I guess you could say. <laughs> as soon as you said the laziness, I'm like, I don't want to talk. I've <laughs> bought so many digital Switch games. <laughs> nah, it's, yeah, look, I like digital. It's easy. You don't have to do anything. You just go, bang, I want to play that, and it loads up. So I do have the nostalgia for those um, video places where, like, Blockbuster, Video Easy, that you used to go to to grab your DVDs or games. I but do I do it now? Nah, I'll just download it. I think it was your house, actually, when I stayed at. When we were kids, we went and tried to hide out a movie and they wouldn't give it to us because it was MA and we weren't over 15. And it was... See, it was, what was the movie called? <laughs> 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 anyway, we'll move on. But, yeah, no, that's it. All right. No, no, I, just, I want to watch Star Wars now that I've said it out loud. No, no, so do I. All right, was there anything else you wanted to discuss, mate? No, I reckon that's about it. That was... Uh, news of the week, so I reckon that's plenty for now. I reckon we like news in a couple of weeks because we're a bit slack yeah. last week. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but no, that's it for episode 37. All right, thanks for listening to the podcast. Ensure you check out gamersdownly.com for all your gaming news and reviews. Make sure you smash that bloody subscribe button and it'll never be game over. Gamers got a game. <laughs>